0: How do we support frontline professionals in healthcare, law enforcement, fire, and emergency response to live better lives and find success and happiness? Let's talk all about it with speaker, podcaster, and coach David Leith, right here on episode 354 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. This podcast is always about you, your personal and professional development, your career, and the healthcare system writ large. And I'm here to share education ideas, diatribes, of course, and informative interviews like this one with some of the most inspiring people out there i love having you along for the ride and i thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcaster's heart for being a part of the growing nurse keith nation and here's a super super very special request if you find value in this show please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash nurse keith you know I've recorded now, including bonus episodes, I'm heading up to 400 episodes and that incurs a lot of costs over time. So now in 2022 and beyond, I'm asking a hundred regular listeners to pledge $2 a month for a year. That's less than the cost of buying me a cup of coffee every month. And there's no added caffeine, sugar, or empty calories in the show. Just a lot of audio awesomeness for you. So you can join Edward from the Bay Area, Marie from Tennessee, Jocelyn from New York, and you can pledge as much as you like, but $2 a month would be awesome. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to show your support. And you can also show your support by referring yourself or others to me for holistic career coaching for healthcare professionals. You can email me at at keithatnursekeith.com to schedule a complimentary chat. And if you mention David Leith, you can get 15% off your first coaching package. The show notes for this episode where you can learn all about David and what he does out there in the world would be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 354. And David Leith, my new friend and friend of the pod, it's so nice to have you here. And the first question I wanna ask you, and we'll get to your bio and all the things you've done in your amazing life. What does it mean to you to call people on the front line heroes. So my
1: better half is a nurse. She works in, she works in the ER and I spent uh, 24 years as a police officer, uh, five last five years as a detective. And, um, I call, I call them frontline heroes because they're on the front lines and they're actually risking their life to help people, uh, Police officers, nurses, firemen, medical, you know, emergency medical staff and, and the military as well. They're out there, you know, rescuing people, laying, laying their lives sometimes on the line. Uh, there's a lot of risk involved. And um, I, I just, I call them frontline heroes. So that, that's who I decided to serve.
0: Cool. Okay. Um, I like the term warrior. Um... I've talked about the term hero on the show before, and it's great that you use it. I'm using the word warrior because I feel like it's such a battle out there. And I feel like these are some powerful, powerful citizens. And you specifically work with healthcare professionals, people in law enforcement, fire, emergency response, all of which you kind of put under the the heading of... um, first responders, right? And nurses don't always fall into the first responder category, but I still, I get where you're coming from. So you've been a detective and a police officer and you're married to a nurse. So you've been kind of in it for a long time. And what have you gleaned from personal experience and through your wife and through the people you've met and worked with and who you know, what's it like out there? Like what, what are these people's lives like? And what are the things that they feel and experience that you see them hurting over?
1: So one of the things that I know just from personal experience is that most people took the job because it's a respectable job. Whatever career and whatever job that is that they took, they took it because of the respect that it gleans and also the fact that you can support your family. Taking the job, knowing that you're most likely not going to become wealthy from taking the job so you took the job because you have a servant's heart so after 20 years of doing that same job very often those people feel like uh, okay what am i going to do next so that's where i come in i help them with that that transition into what could be next and sometimes there are some there's a there's a population out there who are entrepreneurial and they're like, you know what? I think I could dip my toe into the world of business. Now I've spent 20 years uh, serving people in, in my community, serving them in my capacity as an officer or as, as a nurse. And uh, you know, like sometimes you're like, okay, well now, what am I going to do for me? And uh, the one thing that I'd like people to know is that their experience and their story has power. So just to
0: tell you my story very briefly, please take as much time as you want. You don't have to rush.
1: No, I I won't rush. Um, I was a 20 year veteran of the police department. I'm sitting in the squad room, the general detective squad, and it's my third shift. I'm yawning an hour into the shift. I get up from the desk and I walk away. I walk down the hallway and I'm like, and I'm wondering to myself, am I? am I experiencing burnout? I'm starting to, I'm I'm an, I'm an hour into my shift and it's winter and I'm bored and I know the symptoms and signs of burnout because I'm feeling a little agitated. I'm feeling a little annoyed that I'm, that I'm, that I'm there. And I'm asking myself, can I do 10 more years of this? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and many people have experienced that where you're walking the halls, you're going, You know, you're going to the bathroom to sit there for uh, 10 to 20 minutes of thinking time, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) until until the lights go out and then you're like, okay, I guess I should get back to the office. But uh, as you're as you're spending that time with yourself, uh, sometimes like you have to reflect back on who you've been throughout your career and some of your experiences and you have to do some mental calculations on where you want to go. and. I've had a lot of mentors over my lifetime. I, you know I've had a lot of coaches. and I thought back on some of my experiences and some of my coaches. And I just remember the quote that a lot of people put a period on their story when there should be a comma. And Ooh, nice. Trent Shelton said that. so that's not my own quote. You know, everything that I've gleaned, I've gleaned from. From, from someone else. I'm a big fan of uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, personal development. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like I said, long story short, I've had a lot of coaches. And um, I had to tap back into that that 20-year-old who left his mom's house to go you know, live on his own. And at 23 years old, I'd Bought, purchased my first house. And before I was 30, I had purchased two additional houses and I also had achieved my black belt. So in jujitsu, so I knew that I could accomplish things that I set my mind to. Um, yeah. I, I knew that if, if I decided to step out into another world, I, I could do that successfully. I just had that belief in myself and I just needed to tap back into it. And I know that I can finish what I start. So, as I'm walking through the halls, I have this epiphany that okay, I need to get some code. I need to get more coaching, and I need some urgency. Um, I had been on a coaching call, and uh, the the individual was trying to sell me his program, and he said, you know, when would you like to retire? And my answer was uh, two to nine years, and his uh, his response was kind of like a shot through my heart because he said uh, in in disbelief, he's like two to nine years. He's like, where's your sense of urgency? And I was like, I'm like, well, I'm kind of comfortable. And you know, like that's, that was the shot through my heart when I realized that, Oh. oh man, I I've been, I've been comfortable, you know? And the only thing that's constant is change. And in the past few years, we've seen so much, you know, the past two years, so much change in, in the attitudes, in the attitudes of society towards our frontline heroes, towards our first responders, the attitudes of, of the organizations that we work for. Uh, It's like, after a year and a half or two years of this pandemic, how can you begin to let nurses go? like, that's mind blowing to me. They're they're already short staffed. And now you're going to let some go. But I I don't want to, I don't want to get too political. (laughs) Oh, go for it. (laughs) No, no, no. It's not. Politics is not my thing. I'm more about, I'm more about collaboration. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I say it in the beginning of my podcast, I don't care about um, competition. I'm not competing with anyone. I'm more about collaboration. So I'm trying I'm trying to figure out how I can collaborate with you.
0: Yeah, I say the same thing. I never, I don't talk about, um, you know, competitors. Like that doesn't have a, any meaning for me. Absolutely. But let me ask you a question. So experiencing burnout, boredom, maybe a little depersonalization, getting to that place where it's like, oh, this isn't really doing it for me anymore. And people who've listened to the show know I had a major burnout. When I was working in Western Massachusetts and, um, in, with very um, economically challenged and sick patients, and I was really pushed to the edge and went over the edge. And I really had to make a radical change in my life too. That was a while ago, more than a decade ago. So with you being in that place and having this epiphany like, oh man, I need something different, how how was that feeling pervading the rest of your life? Like your family, your ability to have fun, your ability to kind of care for yourself and dream about the future. What was going on for you? Cause you went into, to police work to support your family. Yes. So what was going on at, not at home, like, not like, I don't want to get that personal, but unless you want to, but what was going on? Like, how are you coping and what was not quite the way it should be or should have been?
1: Well, for me, it's always been a deep desire for, uh, for being more than I, than I, than I was like, I never just thought of myself as an officer. Um, I I would say young, young in my career, I would patrol the Gold Coast of Long Island, the wealthy parts of Long Island, and I wanted mm-hmm. to live in those homes. So so I started trying to look at business and I wanted to be a speaker and a coach and, uh, and motivate people. And I would listen to people like Bob Proctor and uh, Tony Robbins, and in, they would tell you that you have it within you to create a book. To create a business. You have it within your story, in your history. And um, I, I just always believed that. So the fact that I hadn't done those things was where my burning desire came from. I've, I've always felt like I still have so much more left to accomplish. Um, like I've, I've always felt that, yeah, I've been supporting my family and that's admirable, but they still need me to set the example my youngest yeah. my youngest is twenty one the next one's twenty two and the next one is twenty seven so they okay. still i know that I still have a good i i, I say a hundred years, but hopefully you know, hopefully it's 50, mm-hmm. <laughs> 50 years of of being active in the world and motivating people and inspiring people to uh tell their story and be their best selves because your story has the power to help someone. Your story has the power to inspire someone into action and activate them into their greatest self. So the more opportunities you have to tell your story, the more opportunities you have to reach more people in the world. And as your reach grows, yeah. your revenue grows. And as your revenue grows, your reach can grow.
0: Yeah. And your story is so important. You're so right. And as a speaker and podcaster, you have a lot to say, a lot of valuable things to say. And um, there's a phrase you used about 10 minutes ago, and I wrote it down. You said, a servant's heart, right? And one of my hobbies, <laughs> you'll laugh, but one of my hobbies is listening to what people say and then reflecting it back to them as the title of their next memoir or book. So yours would be a servant's heart. A Hero's A Frontline Hero's Journey by David Lee.
1: <laughs> I'm going to write that title down and then you I'm heard going it to, here first, I'm first. going to dedicate the uh, opening the idea came from Keith Carlson. Thank you very much, everyone. Yeah, right. it's uh, yours. You guys it's heard yours. it first. <laughs> no,
0: no, chart. no, no charge. No, no charge. It's yours. It's it's one of my funny hobbies. I'm always I do that in conversation, like just with friends. Sometimes I'm like, "That's the name of your memoir."
1: <laughs> it's actually the name of one of my talks as well. So, really? yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, man, I nailed it. I nailed it.
0: See, see, you are a man who walks his talk, right? So I didn't even know that was the name of one of your talks, but I've been listening to every word you've said since we hopped on here, and we've had a call before too to get to know each other, and now we're friends. But um, when you said a servant's heart, it was like it was as if it was like emblazoned in gold across your forehead, and I was like, man, that is that is David Leith, like that's your essence. Thank you very much, Keith. Yeah. So being a servant. Right. So you've been a a public servant, police officer, seventeen years on the street. Right. Yes, sir. Five years as a detective, and I know you were born in New York City and raised in Eastern Long Island, which I know fairly well, having been—I was born in Jersey and had a lot of family on Long Island. So I know that that region pretty well. And working there as a as an active street cop and then a detective. As a servant, really feeling like a servant, a, a, maybe a public servant, we would say in that yes. capacity. Yes. What did you see? Like, what was reflected to you in the lives of the people you encountered in the course of your work as an officer or detective?
1: That's an excellent question, and um, the I have an answer for it because I've I've reflected on that before. Okay. Um. What I believe is that most people have good in their heart. And that's the reason why you can have a very small department. You can have a small police department in a very large city because most people will do the right thing. And most people just want to, they want to, they're all seeking the same thing. You and I were seeking the same thing. You want to support your family. You want to love on your family. You want to have fun. You want to live free without the encroachment of other, you know, other people encroaching on your liberty. So the numbers of bad guys out there, like if if you have a population of 100 people, only two of of them are, are, you know, I I would say maybe five of them are crooks, (laughs) you know, in, in their heart, in their hearts of hearts, you know, five of them are crooks and two of them are are violent and maybe right. and one is like you can't live amongst the, the rest of us. Like you have yeah, to
0: several are sociopaths. Yes. Right? Yes. For sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. So you saw that and you saw that that most people are good.
1: Most people are good. So um it didn't matter what neighborhood I was working in. Even in a neighborhood where they have a lot of you know unfortunate things going on because they're below the poverty line. So even in those neighborhoods, the homeowners are good people and they want the police there. They want, you know, they they pay their taxes. They don't want people parking in front of their house, uh, doing drugs. They don't want that stuff. So the good people of even the worst neighborhoods support the police. And uh that's just one of the things that it's a misconception in the media. That most people don't support the police because most most people, I would say like 80 to 90 percent support the police. Uh, There are some people who believe that the police are out there killing people, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, a certain certain segment of the of the population by higher percentages. But it's just not true. I, I can speak for most officers by saying that no one wants to go out there and kill someone, you know. Unfortunately, you're in situations where, uh, you know, sometimes it, mistakes happen and sometimes um, you feel like you have no other choice. But many of those officers that um, are in shootings end up having to retire themselves because they couldn't deal with the pain and, you know, the realization that they that they took someone else's life. Uh, yeah. Very often the news doesn't follow up with the officer's mental status after, after a shooting,
0: you know, that's, that's very true. And I'll, I've talked about this in my show a couple times and we're going to take a break in a minute, but in 2001, a friend of mine was killed by the police in Brattleboro, Vermont, in very unfortunate circumstances. And um, there was one officer involved who was kind of a bad apple. He had a very bad um, history. Um, so, He had some stuff going on, but even me, myself, even no matter how much rage I had at the time and what I experienced after he was killed, you know, that was 20 years ago this month when people say, you know, defund the police and we're not going to get deep into this because this isn't the nature of the show, but I'm like, well, they still serve quite a purpose (laughs) and um, (laughs) I still see them as important. Even though my friend was killed by a police officer, it's, 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 it's a multifaceted, multilayered societal issue. Let's just say that. Yes, right? it is. And um, I have a lot of respect, really. And and I'm glad you and I can connect and talk about it. And your work specifically is to help people like police officers, firefighters, first responders, emergency response professionals. Tell their st- Tell their story. Tell their story. Figure out ways sometimes to make a little extra money or yes. to create... pivot and make a new life for themselves. Yes, And when we come back from the break, what I really want to talk about is your mission and what it means for you to help these people. And then what you actually do, like what, what people can come to you for and what some of the outcomes are, and maybe a little bit of your own story, like how you've created your own, your own gig here. And I want to talk about your podcast, the Hero Academy podcast. And What's, you know, what's on the docket for you for 2022? Because we're just starting the year. So does that sound like a good plan for the second half?
1: Sounds like an excellent plan. I'm excited.
0: Awesome. So hang in there with us. We'll be right back with my friend David Leith for the second half of the Nurse Keith Show, episode 354. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment please consider becoming a patron of the nurse Keith show, just like other awesome listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the nurse Keith show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours. Truly just head over to patreoncom forward slash nurse to read all about it. That's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash nurse Keith. And if you know someone who could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. So you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. And remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits. What an incredible deal. And please head over to nursekeith.com and sign up for my newsletter, which comes out regularly and brings you supportive messages, updates from my blog and my podcast, resources, and all sorts of other stuff. Remember, nursekeith.com, sign up for that newsletter, and you'll also get a free download from me as my gift to you. Anyway, those are my sincere asks today. So now, Let's dig back into today's topic without further ado. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. Remember, the show notes are located at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 354. And we're here again with friend of the pod and my new friend, David Leith. And prior to the break, David, we were talking about The police and the challenges they face. And I shared a little personal story and you were sharing your personal story of what you saw out there. And, you know, as a detective and police officer, and you've talked about having a servant's heart and wanting to serve people who have servants hearts, and you're already doing that. And I, what I really want to hear about first and have our audience here is tell me about your mission to help what you call frontline heroes. What is it that you truly, truly want to help them do and that you are already doing?
1: So my big hairy audacious goal is to empower 1 million frontline heroes through 10,000 coaches by 2031. And what that means is I want to create coaches who also then go out and do the butterfly effect and also create other coaches. There's three main categories. It's health, wealth, and relationships. There's also personal development and special interests, you know, like uh, whether it's child rearing or animal training, whatever that is. But um, the main thing that people need to know is that somewhere within their own personal story they have some experience that can relate to another person and help another person, and I think one of the reasons why uh, so many people have been burning out and committing suicide is because they lose they lose hope, and uh, once once you lose hope, the I I believe the the very best way to get hope back is by helping another person. So if you know the value of your own story and you know how much you're helping other people, I don't think it's possible to lose hope. I think uh, I think you can always keep hope alive, <laughs> you know, to, uh-huh. to say the cliche. Um, That's right. The greatest acronym I ever heard for hope was help one person every day.
0: Oh, help one person every help day, One person I every
1: that. day. So, cool. so if I can get on an interview like this and I can say something that just sparks an idea in someone um, that helps them with their own story and, you know, or helps them to get through a tough time, then as long as I helped one person, then I know that I'm inspiring hope and I'm empowering people. And uh, I know that I'm on the right path. Cool. There's another great and quote. I'm sorry. There's another great me. quote from uh, Zig Ziglar who yeah. says, uh, you, can, you can get everything you want if you help enough people get what they want.
0: Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And Zig Ziglar was really big. Um, we could say sort of in the last century. He was, he was had a lot going on in the 80s, I think, 80s and 90s, right? Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, so one question I want to ask you. Is what you do as a coach, podcaster, and speaker, is that a side hustle and are you still working as a detective or is this your full-time gig now?
1: So I am transitioning from, I am still a full-time detective. I, uh, I'm proud of that, but I'm also proud of the fact that I only have another year left. Oh, nice. I'm think, I am in my 24th year. I think 25 is a nice, even... You know, odd number, Uh, nice, solid quarter century. I put in 25 years and I think I will retire uh, January, 2023 will be an excellent time for me to go. So um, I am building out my coaching business. I'm extremely busy at the moment between the podcast, coaching and speaking and then working full time. I have to manage my time very, very well. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I rely every day, as soon as I wake up, I'm looking at the calendar. I rely on the calendar uh, like, like, like nobody's business.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, so 25 years, January of 2023, and I just celebrated 25 years as a nurse in 2021. So you and I are on the same um, trajectory though. You're you're considerably younger than me. So good job. I
1: right, thank you. Um, I started young because I had children young. Uh, my high school sweetheart told me that she was pregnant. And I'm like, okay, I guess I gotta get a good job. <laughs> all right.
0: Well, good for you for being being a real man and stepping up. That's thank you. that's awesome example to set for for your children and, and other children and young people. And I became a stepdad. I became an automatic dad. I skipped the diaper stage um, to to a five-year-old when I was 24, just turning 25. Wow. So,
1: so you were young yeah. also.
0: I was young, but it took me my entire 20s till I was in almost 30 to narrow down into nursing school. I only had a high school diploma till, till I was 32. So I was really kind of juggling House cleaning and all sorts of massage, all sorts of stuff to like got it together at thirty two, and I was like, I need to set an example for my my preteen son and have a real career. So, you know, we all have to follow whatever path we do. I was somewhat of a late bloomer, I guess. But it's an excellent you know, this, career
1: that you chose. Um, thanks. There's so many. Well. There's so many different areas of nursing that people don't realize. Like once you become in RN, mm-hmm. there's so many doors that open for you.
0: Thank you for saying that because so many nurses come to me for career coaching and they've worked in the hospital or they're nursing students or new grads and they, you know, they, they get brainwashed into that the hospital is the only place they can be a real nurse. And, no, absolutely not. And I tell my story that I've never worked in a hospital a single day of my career. And there are certain liabilities in not having certain skills, but I knew what I wanted and I didn't really care. And I was told it was professional suicide. And I was like, hmm, tell me I can't do something. And what I say in response is just watch me. That's kind of my response generally. Did you ever work as a travel nurse? (laughs) No, no. Because I I never had acute care skills and hospital skills. So travel nursing isn't really something I'm very qualified for. What kind of nurse did you work as? Um, I went directly into community health in Holyoke, Massachusetts. So it was a very troubled, economically depressed old mill town. And there was a lot of HIV, um, hepatitis C, substance use disorders, mental health issues, and everything else. And I worked in that world most of my career, actually, when I was in Massachusetts. And that's what burned me out because I was deeply ensconced in the Puerto Rican community in Springfield and Holyoke, Mass. And I burned myself to an absolute crisp. So that's one reason I went into coaching was I realized, man, there's a lot of people out there like me. So you and I have been on a similar trajectory of realizing I've got a story and I have an experience. I can turn it into something. And I also did the side hustle for about seven years before I went full-time as an entrepreneur. And you're right. You have to rely on your calendar. You juggle a lot. You suffer a lot because you're, you're trying to do so many things at once, but once it all comes to fruition, it's pretty amazing. And the doors blow open, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. So when you're coaching someone, say a police officer comes to you and they're like, man, David, I need a change. I need to kind of slowly transition my way and pivot out of what I'm doing. What do you tell that person to give them hope? Cause you're talking about hope.
1: So what I tell them is you don't have to quit your job. You know, you can, you can start very, very, very part-time. Uh, the beauty of coaching someone is that we have access to zoom now. So you can do it virtually anywhere. You can do it from your cell phone. And, um, with just a couple of clients a week, you can make a very nice income. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, of crafting your offer, putting together. So you put together your own personal story, then you craft your offer of how you're going to provide value, whether that's in health, wealth, or relationships. So say someone has been married, uh, twice or three times, Uh, They may have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to relationships because they've been to therapy sessions, they've been to counseling sessions, they've read a lot of books, and now the third one is the one that's working. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe maybe that's their story. That's not that's not my story, but maybe that's their story, and they have a lot of experience in that area, and they could they could help someone else there. Or maybe they they've been a gym rat their entire career, and they know how to quickly lose weight or how to quickly bulk up and they can help someone in that arena or or maybe like yourself, they've been on standing on stages before and you know they've they've had clients and they've they've learned how to put together a website and how to bring traffic to it through SEO. So those types of experiences, people are looking for someone to help them there's no shortage of people looking for help
0: so that's true say that again
1: there is is no shortage of people looking for help totally uh i recently i cannot remember the numbers but i recently saw a statistic for like how many teachers there were in the world versus Mm -hmm. how many coaches and how many mentors like the opportunity for coaching someone online is just exploding right now. And it's just, it's growing. It's just, you know, it's so many people, the idea of, of logging in to zoom and meeting up with your coach for 15 minutes or 30 minutes, the idea is,
0: is becoming a very popular idea. You know, it is, it's, it's normalized now. When I started out about 12 years ago, it was a little kind of on the edge and I'm, I'm always a little bit in front of, I'm always doing things a little early and it's not cause I'm super smart. I just fall into things. Like I started podcasting in 2012. And That's incredible. And it was one of the first nursing podcasts, FM radio. And when I started coaching, coaching was still a little esoteric, you know, and people hadn't really heard of it very much. They're like, what, you coach soccer teams? You know. <laughs> so, and those are coaches too, but the whole purpose of coaching accountability, support, challenge, you know, all of those things that we do mentoring. So you have this this gift, and you are you are an outstanding person. I know that. and there's there's this thing you want to transmit to people, right? Your story and the power of your story. and then, how their story can be leveraged for something, like say they just want to earn an extra thousand dollars a month for travel or to save up for their kids' college or something that's doable, isn't it it's extremely doable uh an extra thousand dollars a month you can record
1: a uh, you can record something on zoom uh, there's so many programs that Teach you how to create a a course, and yes. if you sell one of those courses uh, to some some stranger, you know in Australia once a month, you you made an extra thousand dollars a month. You know, price it at nine ninety seven, and uh, if you just sell one of those courses, you made an extra twelve thousand dollars
0: for the year. You know, obviously you're gonna have to pay some taxes on that. Of course, right? <laughs> but that's but that's significant. Yeah. I mean. And, and just the notion of realizing you can create something new and you can take your story and your experience and your skills and your passion, and passion is super important, and you can create something and you can help other people or whatever it is you want. And you, you created a podcast called the Hero Academy Podcast. And tell us about the podcast and what's the purpose of, of that? particular um, outlet that you have?
1: So the purpose of the podcast is just so that I can bring on our frontline heroes, our first responders and our nurses, our paramedics and have them on and tell their story, uh, tell other people just to give ideas and some inspiration, tell people like what they're doing uh, on the side or, you know, like what they're doing in retirement. I had a retired uh, city sergeant who became a happiness coach and an actor and a comedian. Her name is Gina Scarda. And uh, she basically, once she retired, she did everything that she wanted to ever try and do. She went out and took a class and and did those things. So Mm -hmm. I, I know her story is very inspiring, even for the people who are not retired Uh, sometimes it could feel like you don't have time to breathe, you know, because you're working so much, but it comes down to having, having hope that there is something after, you know, if you have, if you have hope that there's something after, and you know that this, you're not going to have to do whatever you're doing until you, uh, you know, until you die or until you turn 65 and they kick you out. Uh, just having that little bit of hope, it can, it can, it can mean all the difference. And uh, another great quote that I think it comes from Martin Luther King to become great, find a way to serve. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that I live by. So um, I, I think I read that in thinking grow rich also is that um, if you want to improve if you want to improve your own life, find a way to serve more people um, in a meaningful way. So, mm-hmm. the the more people that you you can serve, in in whatever way that is that you have the ability to do, uh, it will in turn it it it'll it'll boost your life in a way that you wouldn't have foreseen before you started doing the thing that you're you're meant to do. Yeah. Some people walk around with that feeling of, I know that I'm meant for more. And I've had that feeling for a long time. And there's a whole community of people out there who have that feeling like I could be doing more. Um, The thing is about everyone's story is you have a unique story. I have a unique story, but then there's similarities to our story too. So everyone is unique and similar at the same time. There's a duality there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every, every quote you've used in the course of this conversation and the things you have to say about yourself and your mission, you know, it all comes back to that central theme that I pick up on is service, right? Is the servant's heart, the name of your next book. And um, so, service can be defined in many different ways, right? Yes, we can, can serve in a lot of ways. I mean, we can polish somebody's shoes, we can wash their feet, we can manicure their nails, we can go to their home in response to a domestic violence call. We can, you can be a cheerleader. Um, you can be a personal cheerleader for someone. You can, you can be anything, right? So if we go back to hope and helps help, one, help person, one person every day every day hope then if you have something that is a value you know it's a value and there's people out there who want that thing and you said there's no shortage of people looking for help that's the basis of business that you have a product or service that solves a problem for someone who has that problem and is willing to pay you for that solution i mean that's really what serve what business is all about. It's been that way since the time of cave people. They didn't exchange money, they bartered, like one person could could tan a hide to keep warm, and one person could sharpen bones to make a tool. And they each solved a problem for the other person. And that's before there was money, but still that the solving of a problem for another person is part of service and it's part of actually the basics of of business since time immemorial. So you're, you're trying to tell these frontline heroes that they can take their story and they can take everything they brought with them to that moment and then have a vision and create it. Yes. So when you coach with them, it's, I'm assuming this is all one-on-one coaching. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. And. Do you do like I do? You know, it's like there's a certain number of sessions or hours that you work together and you you're communicate by email, like all the kind of normal, kind of coachy things that we do.
1: So, uh, part of my coaching program is a done for you website. So, I, mm-hmm. um, oh. yeah, so I'll do their website for them and nice. I'll, I'll help them to set up their business structure and I'll help them to craft their story there i'll help them to craft their journey you know their hero's journey because uh something was calling to them and then there was a little bit of pushback or there was some kind of a setback and then they have their phoenix moment where they had their comeback you know and that makes for a great story if you look Mm -hmm. at any movie that's that's the basis of of all of the stories you know
0: that's that, the arc of the narrative. Yeah.
1: That, yeah. It's called the hero's journey. Um, yep. Joseph Campbell. Joseph yep. Campbell. <laughs> great, great, great book. Uh, yeah. So I have. That's how I teach people. I teach people about the hero's journey, and I relate it to their own, to their own journey, and then I show them that they can solve a problem for someone else with their story, and people are willing to pay for you solving that problem for them. And um, the the better you you've pack- been reading my mail, haven't you? <laughs> I've been reading marketing material for fifteen years. I
0: see. Years. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah, I've been reading. Maybe you've been reading my mail too. I'm yeah. um, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, you so, you have a newsletter.
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah.
1: And do you uh, do you talk? Of, what do you talk about in your
0: newsletter? My newsletter. Oh, I, um, I highlight recent blog posts and podcasts. I, I bring kind of a personal message, kind of something inspiring. Um, it's a really simple read. It's just sort of like, I see the newsletter as a way of kind of tapping an audience on the shoulder and reminding them you're there and giving them just a little piece of value that they can take away in like two minutes, that's, you know, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many things to learn and I mean, I'm still learning and I'm still trying to figure out ways to grow. And there's things I've been procrastinating on, to be honest, for quite some time, like building courses. And, you know, part of it is that life can get in the way of your your best plans. And some people like to say, you know, um, you can make plans and God laughs, you know, there's, there's lots of sayings about that. But speaking of plans before we go, and I don't want to. And we're going to have to have you back because this is fun. Um, what's next? Like, are you building out something new? Do you have some new part of your journey that you are in a place to share
1: publicly? I I, I do. Um, I'm I'm building. I'm currently building a directory of of coaches uh, across across the U.S. So it it'll be a drop down tab of each state. And, um, and each, you know, each of the major categories, so health, wealth, and, and, and wellness. And, uh, and I'll feature those coaches on my podcast as well to tell their story. So very nice. That'll be one way of, you know, driving some traffic to their website. So smart. That's, uh, very smart. Are you going to have a career section? Um, I think I will have a, get help
0: section. <laughs> oh, okay. I'd probably fall in there somewhere.
1: Yeah. So if someone, I, I think I will definitely list you as one of the experts because uh, people don't know how much you know about SEOs, but we'll
0: get into mm-hmm. that when I interview you. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe, maybe I know less than you think. Um, it's all, it's all done with smoke and mirrors. I think you're right? very,
1: you're very humble.
0: Very okay. Humble. Well, I look forward to being on your show. We're actually gonna record that right after we're done recording this. So I know really I can't fun. I can't fact, wait. Double header, double feature. So David. Leaf, thank you so much. And people can find you at DavidLeith.com. That's David L-E-A-T-H, like Leaf, but it's T H, not F. Yeah. So DavidLeath.com. And the podcast is the Hero Academy podcast. And you can find that pretty much anywhere where podcasts can be found. Yeah. Right?
1: One note on the podcast, it's uh by David Diem, because that's my my radio host name. Like like Carpe Diem, it's David Diem. David Diem.
0: David Carpe Diem.
1: No Carpe, yeah, the, just David no Diem. No Carpe.
0: Right. That's, your, that's your pretend middle name for me. Maybe that's, that's your new nickname is Carpe. Carpe
1: Diem. Teased All the right, day. David,
0: thank you so much. We're going to point people there and everyone's going to go to the show notes to learn about you and get in touch. So thank you so much. It's been so fun and we'll have you back because we have so much more to talk about. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this awesome episode of The Nurse Keith Show. And you can go to nursekeith.com forward slash episode 354 to learn everything you want to know about David Leith and the Hero Academy podcast. I hope you've uplifted and empowered from this episode. And I encourage you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your personal and professional satisfaction. And if you need personalized, holistic career coaching to elevate your career Look no further than nursekeith.com. And if you mention David Leith or the Hero Academy podcast, you can get 15% off your coaching package. And please consider becoming a patron of the podcast at patreon.com forward slash NurseKeith. $2 a month would be awesome. And if you would do me the honor, I would be so, so appreciative. The Nurse Keith Show is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network at healthpodcastnetwork.com. And The Nurse Keith Show is adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520 Hour Podcasting. And Mark Speesen is our stalwart social media ringmaster. I'm grateful to both Rob and Mark for keeping the wheels turning in the right direction. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. And the inimitable David Leith saying derche from
1: Long Island, New York.
0: <laughs> Long Island, New York. All right, David, thank you so much. Thanks to everyone from for listening and we will catch you on the flip side.